Welcome to the Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Fight Podcast. This is episode 17. Uh, USC Chicago is here. Um, what appears to be the most stacked card of the year. I'll have a full breakdown, recap of PFL 1, uh, the Pro Fighters League, and Bare knuckle boxing seems like it's trying to make a uh, comeback. And of course, the incredible Showtime boxing events this weekend. And again, UFC 225 right here in my hometown of Chicago. So um, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com apply code fight for 20% off your first not one not two but three months uh, remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at Sergio Vicente um Support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefivepodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share on iTunes and its SoundCloud, and of course, purchase merch today. <clears throat> so again, great show lined up for you today. Uh, so much going on. Um, I'm pretty much going to focus on the two main events this weekend. UFC 225 right here in Chicago and the the Showtime boxing card out there in La La Land um, in L.A. holding it down. Well, headlined by Leo Santa Cruz and Abner Mades. Uh, this is the rematch to their epic 2015 fight of the year candidate and um it is co-main event by who you all know i feel as if the best 154 pound boxer in the world jermel charlo um so again Great weekend of fights. Um, shit, shoot, great week of fights. Uh, so much awesome stuff uh, going on. The Pro Fighters League debuted this week in New York, in Madison Square Garden, at the Hulu Theater there, uh, which was an incredible, incredible event. And um, again, we're going to go ahead and touch base on UFC Utica, um, headlined by um, Jimmy Rivera. 
um, and uh, Marlon Marais, as well as talk about this bare knuckle boxing stuff that's been going on. Uh, I don't want to sound like a, like an old person, but still, it's something we're going to talk about. But um, again, remember, this week in the Fight Podcast, we have, um, we're going to talk about the fights. Um, we're also going to go ahead and uh, at the end of the show, talk about our, our Twitter poll, or not our Twitter polls, our IG story polls, and see how you guys felt about the events this week. And not only that, um, we have another prospect alert this week. Uh, super dope boxer coming out of Great Britain. So I cannot wait to talk about that too with you guys. So, um, all right. Jumping straight into it. Uh, there is a lot uh, in, uh, in fight news. So this week uh, in the world of MMA, the Pro Fighters League, the PFL, formerly the WS, the WSOF, um, had their inaugural event at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. Uh, the event was headlined um, by episode one of the uh of the five podcast prospect alert andrea harrison um and it also had the likes of lance palmer uh in the event as well so check this out the pfl has an incredible an incredible um Format. It's not like the UFC or Bellator or some of the other one where their matchmaker is picking the, you know, whomever the prospects may be. It is a strictly based ranking system. The number, you know, it's just like, you know, March Madness or anything like that. So you have these people fighting in tournament style um, and they're actually going to go ahead and have a playoff as well as at the end of the year, have a championship where the winners can win up to, you know, a million dollars so um this is awesome this is great and again i think if anything fighting in combat sports is the type of sport that you can actually have be a uh, tournament style it almost feels like it should be tournament style and you know what man the pfl is doing it the right way um People are rated higher or lower based on finishes throughout. So um, just jumping into the event itself, I felt it was produced and it was taken care of just in a beautiful way. It seemed very, very professional. Um, it was uh, broadcast live on which I think is first is super dope on Facebook Live for all the prelims. And then it went ahead to um, NBC Sports Network. <clears throat> They did a great job. If, again, it felt professional. It felt like it was something different. So um, with that, again, I think it's something that we could all pay attention to and watch, especially when you have guys out there like Andre the Bull Harrison and Lance Palmer. But the beautiful thing about that is there was a whole lot of guys on there that I didn't even know. And since I didn't even know him, I paid attention. And then you were able to realize that, yo, there are some legit killers 
all around the world and in all the different organizations, not the, just the UFC, even though I'll be the first to admit that I think the UFC's current roster is the best roster that they have ever had. Bellator, same thing goes. Rising, same thing goes. I mean, just the talent in MMA and just combat sports in general has risen. I mean, there is um, just so many talented athletes out there. So, um, uh, the event again, it was headlined by Andre Harrison and, uh, Andre Harrison went out there in just unanimous decision, 30, 26, 30, 27, 30, 27 against, uh, Jumbake turn on, um, super solid fighter, great record. Um, but here's the kicker because Andre Harrison, even though he's still undefeated, even though Within the 145 pound um, tournament, he's he's the he was the number one guy. He had a dominant victory, but he only he's actually in fourth place because he didn't get a finish. Now this is cool. You so for the PFL, you actually get points based on how quickly the fight finishes and how you finish your opponent. So. Interestingly enough, even though he dominated his victory, he only got three points since he didn't score a finish. So with the result, he's now tied with a journeyman essentially tomorrow. Val Valvev. And let me let me start by saying this. PFL has a lot of Dagestanis, a lot of Russian fighters that we do not know, and they are absolute monsters i mean they're out there and they've been competing in sambo for decades uh we just don't know about them so americans end up going out there and people from other countries go out there thinking it's gonna be sweet because some of these dudes only have one two three fights but they've been competing their entire lives in combat sambo. So they're just rolling dudes up. Um, not saying that these guys can be, you know, Andre Harrison or the upper echelon guys or like Lance Palmer. But still, um, they're in this tournament and the PFL has so many of them. And it, it, I really like it because, again, it's going to let, let allow a... Ooh, it's going to allow a lot of us to see and hear about people that we may never have heard heard of in the past. Um, so he's tied for fourth. Andre Harrison at this point in time is tied for fourth place. In the meantime, Lance Palmer, um, standout, has been a world class fighter for the better part of six years. Used to train with Team Alpha Male out there in Sacramento. Uh, has since changed camps and is now in um, in Vegas. Um, he went ahead and finished his opponent in the co-main event in the second round with just one of the dirtiest rear naked chokes you'll ever see. Lance Palmer's is, is wrestling has never been questioned. 
So seeing him out here doing work makes sense. I, I can absolutely see it. And I still believe I will end up seeing Lance Palmer versus Andre Harrison in the in the in the finale. But man, all in all, this was a great event. Um a lot of knockouts, a lot of fast, fast finishes. So there was a specific buzz about this event that I really loved. And I thought the NBC did a great job of actually telling these guys stories. They had like a lot of different uh, video promos and things. So, um, so just let me give a really quick uh, recap on how the event went. Uh, for the featherweight tournaments at 145 pounds, um, the people who moved on in the tournament that are rated number one right now, uh, Alexandre Almeida, because he had that knock early quick knockout, received six points. Steven Silver also quick finish. He's in uh, the second spot, another six points. Lance Palmer's ranked number three with five points. Andre Harrison's number uh, four with three points. And and then it's so on and so forth. So um, when you look at it again, a very interesting with the uh, featherweight tournament, uh, heavyweight division also competed. Uh, Kevin Tiller and Jack May very very quick finishes so it should be really really fun to see how those are going to continue in the future um, again all in all PFL salute to you guys uh, continue doing it and hopefully hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed we can end up getting some exclusive uh, content uh, with the PFL here on the fight cast the fight podcast in the very near future um, especially because this the uh, PFL's next event is June 21st right here in Chicago so I'll be bringing things there to you guys uh, exclusively from there so um moving right along all right in the world of boxing and yes I'm going to still consider this a world of boxing um it was the inaugural event of the bare knuckle fighting championships. Um, this is the first sanctioned bare knuckle boxing event here in the States for like a hundred years or something ridiculous. Um, look, check it out. All in all, it seemed like people really enjoyed this event. Um, the takeaways from this is Beck Rawlings, uh, past USC standout, she went out there and did work, beat a former uh, uh, professional boxer in just crazy fashion. Great combinations, and I'm being very honest with you. The crowd was bananas. The crowd went out there and was it was live, and they were you know just drunk and like full of whatever the hell they were uh, you know full off of, but um. Um, it was a successful event and people are equating this to the the same type of boom that the UFC received when Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin went ahead and competed in that UFC um, Ultimate Fighter 1 finale. It's to the point that it was like it was such an incredible event that people were calling one another and that we saw throughout the event the numbers of viewership rise this seemed to be happening with this event um 
So it was headlined by, you know, well, Beck Rollins went out there. But this, the event and the quote unquote barn burner, I guess you can say, um, was a battle between MMA vets, Joey Beltran and Tony Lopez. Um, the fight was just a bloody mess, man. And uh, and people could even say when I hate people say, say this, but it was legit cringeworthy. Now. Health-wise, people look at, you know, bare-knuckle boxing and say gloves were developed not to help the fighter, but to pretty much as a consumer, it is not going to make people as bloody and nasty. And people are pulling their punches slightly so we're not getting those crazy knockouts you tend to get better technique people aren't just swinging because no one wants to break their hands um but here's the difference if we're not wearing gloves and yes people might not be getting concussed the same way but man we can't sell this it's just and don't get me wrong, I'm the combat sports guy, right? Like, I love combat sports. I love them, all of them. I love bloody fights. I love, you know, knockouts. I love all that stuff. But it gets to a point of when it gets to mainstream, is this hurting or helping? When I look at it, yo, we can't sell this mainstream, man. And I don't want people to look at this and say, hey, you know, look at all these combat sports. Look where we're going. Look where this country's going. Look at all this stuff. And it's just not as appealing to the eye, man. It, it really looks bad. I mean, when you don't have gloves, um, there are more angles. Uh, your, your fist doesn't have those uh, that padding and your knuckles cut. So these are professional fighters who can not only take a punch, they know how to punch properly. So this is an MMA. This is boxing. There's no takedowns. There are no kicks. There's very, very little clinch work. So we have these guys just hauling off, throwing straight shots at each other and they're just slicing and dicing each other. It, it looks rough. And I don't want to say, you know, and look bad or whatever, but um, I, I don't know how long this lasts, but looking at the res results and how people are excited, I could say, about this, it's going to be more of these events. Um, it did well. Pay-per-view is only 35 bucks, so it's affordable. Um, and again, it were some entertaining matches. Beck Rawlings, great fight. Uh, Bobby Gunn versus Marcelo Tavares. 
interesting fight. You know, you almost didn't see the knockdown, but I mean, crazy knockout. And again, the Joey Beltran um, versus Tony Lopez fight was just back and forth. Beltran blasted Lopez, um, ended up winning 49-45, 49-45, and 49-46. He opened up this ugly cut on Lopez's head early and uh, Lopez rallied in the late rounds landed some really really big shots but it really was the bare knuckle equivalent to Forrest Griffin and Seven Bonner's War people really loved it and uh, people believe that bare knuckle boxing here to say so to me it's cringe worthy so to speak but um it looks like it's here to stay but all in all um salute to everybody involved just to get in there and uh hey it is what it is it looks like we're gonna see more of this in the future Hey, uh, you're listening to the Fight Podcast, and I'm your host, Sergi Sente. It's really great being here with you guys today. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply a promo code FIGHT. For 20% off your first three months. We have a great show still to come today. Um, We have this week's prospect alerts along with last week's big fights. And we'll see how I did on my picks. You know, I was a little biased on my picks last week and it kind of showed. So we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll talk about our... um, IG poll as well. And of course, stay tuned for the UFC 225 fight picks as well as the Showtime car fight picks. Um, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to go. Yeah. All right, prospect alert for week 17. Uh, 17 prospect alert is a welterweight boxing phenom out of Great Britain, Josh Pretty Boy Kelly. Josh Kelly is 5'10", orthodox fighter, uh, fights at junior middleweight, and a welterweight, I know, is at 23 years old, um, nickname is Pretty Boy, and fights out of Sunderland, England. Yo, if you not, if you have not seen Pretty Boy, you need to. Um, Britain right now has incredible stable of fighters. Uh, and what Eddie Hearn is doing, and Eddie Hearn does represent Pretty Boy, um, they're doing so much. It's crazy, and just the vibe of boxing out there is just like nothing else. At 23 years old, Kelly is definitely one of Britain's most exciting young prospects. Um, He's 5'10", he's, he's trained by Adam Booth, uh, who is works with David Haig, um, and again, he's under um, Eddie Hearn, like I was saying. Adam Booth has said, and again, remember, David Haig is a beast, and especially in his prime, was one of the best we've ever seen. 
He says that Josh Kelly is the best he's ever worked with. Josh Kelly is a 2016 um, Rio Olympian, and he has just footwork that that reminds me of Lomachenko. He has power and this this, this skill set that almost looks like a Roy Jones Jr. Um, he is somebody that is going to do damage and work in the very near future. He's only uh, 6-0 and um, and is knocking everyone dead. He fights later on this month, and um, I'm going to tell you, fighting professionally, he, his bouts, he, already, he already has an 80% knockout ratio. Everybody really gets touched. Um, he's a Sunderland-born puncher. He taunts his opponents, um, which makes him a fan favorite. He has his hands down by his hip. He throws bombs. And again, the way he moves, his movement and his defense makes him a standout fighter. Is he ready for the upper echelon guys now? I'd say no. Eddie Hearn, who in my opinion right now in boxing is the best uh, promoter, is doing a great job of bringing him along. And think about this. If he's not letting Anthony Joshua fight Deontay Wilder and he already has the bulk of the belts, you know he's not going to put Josh Kelly in any bad situations anytime soon. So he's going to develop him. He's going to continue making sure that Pretty Boy is a name. And believe me, once he's ready, oh, there are going to be so many great fights in the future in the future he may be able to fight the likes of Jermel Charlo he may be able to fight you know the Chris Eubanks of the world we don't know but he has the talent and the potential to go out there and actually get after these guys in the very near future Within the next two years, I'm telling you, Josh Kelly is going to be a name not only in Great Britain, God say the Queen, <laughs> and the new Queen or whoever Meghan Markle is, uh, the Duchess of Sussex, all of them. He's also going to be a fan favorite here. So salute to Week 17's prospect alert, Josh Pretty boy Kelly. Look out for the man. I'm telling you. Beast. I cannot wait to see his fight coming up next weekend. I'll probably talk a little bit about it before the fights come up. Moving right along. Let's recap last week's fights. All right. So last week was UFC fight night Utica. Lo mio, <laughs> my people, mi gente. Jimmy Rivera got dealt with in 33 seconds against Marlon the Magic Man Marais. Oh, this fight hurt my heart. I absolutely was biased on this event. Um, I'm a huge Marlon Marais fan. I... Uh, 
I, I picked Jimmy Rivera because strictly on the fact that he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> and there's not many of us in MMA. And so I tend to pick for us uh, when those moments happen. And not only that, he's on a 25 win streak. He dealt with Uriah Faber. And uh, he looked like he was on the verge of a title shot. Um, Jimmy Rivera isn't gone. He'll probably end up fighting one more fight, deal with somebody in the top five, and then be right back in the title contention. But Marlon Marais, goodness, that's two fights in a row. First, with Aljamain Sterling, and now here with Jimmy Rivera, switch kick to the head, to the face. And if you heard it, it sounded like a baseball bat. Walk. One of the fastest switch kicks I've ever seen. Caught Jimmy Rivera on the side of the head on his uh, on his right side. Jimmy wasn't able to get his hand up fast enough. And uh, it looked like it was more of a flash knockdown. Jimmy hits the ground. But Marlon Marais... Dude, this cat-like quickness jumps on top of him, lands a couple solid shots. We saw Jimmy's arm kind of drop. Great, great stoppage by the referee. Um, And the fight was over. Uh, Yes, I would have loved to see more. Obviously, I would have loved to see that fight go all five rounds. I would have loved to see a back-and-forth, drawn-out event. But it didn't happen. And that's okay. It's okay. Marlon Marais shows and proves that first and first of all, there is so much, so much talent outside of the UFC. Marlon Marais was doing damage with the WSOF and was a champion there for a long time. WSOF is now um, the PFL. Right before they made their rebrand, he came over to the UFC. And people always said, oh, well, we'll see what happens when he goes out here against these guys. But we're seeing Algermaine Sterling, highly regarded. He knocked him dead. Next fight, he goes out here against a better, more well-rounded opponent that is on a 20-fight win streak. And let me be honest with you. MMA is not like boxing. MMA, they do not care about records. They don't, they don't pad stats. They don't give people favorable matchups. So the point that Jim Rivera in the UFC was able to get a 20-fight win streak is unheard of. Totally unheard of. And the fact that Marlon Marais dealt with him in 33 seconds yo i you can watch the entire fight on ig instagram for those i hope we all know ig instagram <laughs> so we'll see um but this again this just shows that there's so much talent outside of the ufc um he was doing damage and um and he's beaten marlon rise has beaten two of the best um to come out of um uh, in the ufc so salute to marlon marais um i think this it should it should be title of bust for marais 
this should be this was the number one contender match um so the winner of that fight in my opinion 100 should go against the winner of tj dillashaw and cody garbrandt which i wholeheartedly believe believe that tj is going to totally destroyed Cody Garbrandt um unfortunately I'll be honest with you it does not seem team alpha male is at a good place everyone TJ Dillashaw Joey Benavidez who's fighting this weekend Lance Palmer who fought this week Justin Buckholtz who was their head coach for a long time they have all left and the fact that all of these upper echelon guys have left just for me brings into question what's actually going on with Team Alpha Mill. I think T.J. Dillashaw put a lot out there and it seemed like he brought a lot of truths to what's going on. T.J. seems like he's been continually developing. I do not know if Cody Garbrandt's doing the exact same thing. So... I see this fight being just a one-sided walkthrough by TJ Dillashaw. Um, I think the lead-up is going to be entertaining, but I see that being an easy, easy contest. And uh, then Marlon Marais versus TJ Dillashaw, I think, will be a fantastic, fantastic event. And um, for those who who are just fans of incredible MMA, um, I think that's going to be the thing. So. We'll see what happens with that one. Um, but moving to uh, the 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 co-main of that event was Gregor Gillespie versus Vic Benchelli. Um Gregor Gillespie got the second round finish, and man, this 150 pound, 55 pound weight class is nasty. And Giuseppe is so talented i don't see anybody in the top 10 wanting to fight this guy he went out there and he's just his grappling is khabib level it seems like he just sucks you in and um has just incredible ground and pound do i think he's ready for the top 10 absolutely is he ready for the top five his striking looks a bit sus. Um, he was getting tagged by Vic. Um, Vic was uh, was beating him up and honestly seemed like he could have finished him at certain points at the end of the first round. Um, it was so entertaining. And again, let me say this about the UFC Utica. The crowd, mwah, you guys came with it. It was beautiful. The house was rocking. I love those type of events. I'm telling you, some of these fight night events are more live than any pay-per-view out there. Now, granted, this week's pay-per-view, UFC 225, is in my hometown, Chicago. We come with it. We have good fans, quality fans. So the house is going to be bananas this week. But UFC Utica, salute to you guys. Giuseppe, um, I believe, is going to be a household name in the future. I can't wait to see what's going to continue happening with him. So, um, yeah, you're listening to the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Sergio Vicente, and as always, it is great being here with you today. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week 
by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Sit come. My picks for this upcoming week's card, UFC 225. And remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Uh, support the show by checking me out also and the Fight Podcast at www.thefightpodcast.com and interact with us each week. We can do IG story polls. The more you interact with us, the more we answer your questions and I'll answer those questions at the end of this week, this episode. Um, all right. Here it is, UFC 225 here in Chicago, Illinois. It is going to be at the United Center, the house that Michael Jordan built. Um, it is headlined by Robert Whitaker, the champ, and Yoel, the 41-year-old Romero. Soldier of God, I'm such a huge fan of you, Will, and Robert Whittaker. I cannot wait to this event. This is a rematch to last July's card um, where Robert Whittaker ended up winning the interim belt against Yoel Romero. Very close fight back and forth. Um, Robert Whittaker injured his knee, which actually he has not fought since that event. He re-injured it when he was supposed to fight against Luke Rockhold, and he uh, lost. Uh, he actually did not get that fight. Yoel Romero ended up taking that fight because he had to uh, pull out still because of an injury. So I can't wait. But from top to bottom, yeah, this card is dirty, and. I- I don't normally do this, but I'm even going to talk about fights that are on the fight pass prelims. So the way I'm going to do this is this. I'm not going to break down the, uh, because there's so many of them. I'm not going to break down as many of them. The main card I'll really break down, but I'm going to give you my picks and a little highlights of both guys. Okay. So coming up. So, um, starting off. Uh, the, 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 the main fight that I would like to talk about in the, uh, on the fight pass prelims, we have Clay Guida versus Charles Oliveira, two great guys. Um, Clay Guida is fighting here uh, at home. This is Chicago. This is a lightweight bout. I'm be honest with you. Even though Charles Oliveira is incredibly well-rounded and is much younger than Clay Guida, Clay Guida, um, since he's moved teams and around, has been um, been on a tear. So I have to say, I got Clay Guida in that fight. The next fight on the card um, is a flyweight bout. The winner of this bout most likely will end up getting a championship. Is Joseph Benavides versus Sergio Pettis? Whoa. I have no idea how this is on the fight past prelims, but um, I'm being very honest with you. These both of these guys, this is a very, very difficult fight for me to pick. But I believe that if it was not for Mighty Mouse, the greatest and honestly, possibly the greatest fighter of all time, but absolutely the greatest 125 pound flyweight of all time. 
If it wasn't for a Demetrius Johnson, Joseph Benavides would have grazed at flyweight. I believe he still has a lot in the tank. And I think, as well as Sergio Pettis, but I think there's levels to the games. And I just believe that at this point in their careers, Joseph Benavides is a slight level ahead of uh, Sergio Pettis. So I have Benavides on that fight in a, in a very, very close fight. Next fight is Rashad Evans, the legend, the MMA god, uh, versus um, up-and-comer Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith knocks dudes completely out. Um, and I'm be honest with you, Rashad Evans, who at one point in time was my favorite fighter, I, I, I just don't see Rashad winning this fight. He hasn't won in a in oof six years. I have no idea what he's still competing for. I have to go with Anthony Smith in this. Unfortunately, it hurts my heart to say that, but um, I think he's younger. I think he's more explosive, and I think he has more to fight for. Rashad doesn't have the same amount to fight for. Uh, he He's had an incredible career. He's had a Hall of Fame career, um, and I don't see what continues getting him up. Anthony Smith can make continue making a name for himself against Rashad Evans. I think he has more to fight for, so that's why I have to go with Smith. That was that's uh, headlining the uh, the fight past prelims. All right, this is next up on on FS1. Um, first one I want to talk about is a featherweight bout versus Ricardo Lamas, um, Chicago's very own. Versus Masad Bektik. And I'm be honest with you. Um, great fight. Ricardo Lamas got KO'd by Josh Emmett in his last fight. And Bektik, it looks like a complete animal. I have to go with Bektik on, on this one. I think it's going to be a close fight. But Bektik, I think, should get the nod. Next up. I can't believe this is a, on, on uh, FS1. Claudia Gadeja versus Carlo Esparza. Both women have stayed at the top five at the 115-pound division. Um, both of them have either held the belt or competed for the belt. I have to say, Claudia is going to do work. Um, she is a bigger, more athletic version with better striking of uh, Carla Esparza. Carla Esparza comes in with her single on. She's going to just try to wrestle. And I just don't think she has enough. Um, Claudia is now at Team Jackson. I think they have developed her striking with Winklejohn. And I believe that the game plans that they have is going to be way too much for Carla Esparza. All right. Next fight. Whew. Another one. Chicago's very own Curtis Blades, who I'm a huge fan of, is fighting Alistair Overeem. Man, again, how is this a free on the prelims? I have no idea, especially with the trash fight that we're going to talk about next. Um, honestly, this was a split for me. Um, I want to be biased and say 
that Curtis Blades is going to win the fight, being that he's from Chicago, and that Overeem is um, is is been getting knocked out, and he's older. But it is so difficult, and even though Overeem or uh, Curtis Blades was able to beat a heavy-handed fighter and Mark Hunt his last fight. Mark Hunt does not have the ground game that Overeem has. And let's be honest with you, Overeem is much more difficult to get down than uh, Mark Hunt with a little bit more athletic striking. Unfortunately, I see uh, Overeem winning this fight and it goes back and forth. But last dish gut effort, I have to go over him. Second round KO of Curtis Blades. Um, it is what it is. I, I really didn't want to go that route, but I had to. So whatever. <laughs> this is what I wanted to get to. The main card. This should be fun. Except for this fight. First fight on the main card is the WWE. Uh, former champion, which is fake fighting. CM Punk is fighting against Mike Jackson. Both fighters have a saucy 0-1 record. Uh, look, CM Punk is somebody who I don't believe belongs in the UFC. It is a travesty that they allowed this man strictly off of name value to get signed to this promotion. There are deserving individuals out there that should be having this spot. Overeem, Blades, Gadeja, um, Esparza. How is it possible that these bums and I hate to say they're bums because at the end of the day, I'm sure they're they're great guys. But if you are 0-1, you do not belong in the UFC or any top organization. They should be in some regional circuit fighting for fight card entertainment here in Chicago or something like that. Not fighting for the UFC, taking up spots and money from people that should be having those those fights. So, what do I think is gonna happen? I I, I watched um, Mike Jackson's his uh, his amateur fights. He looks like Anderson Silva in comparison to CM Punk. CM Punk, I think he, I think he goes out there and knocks dude out. Um, I would love for CM Punk to go out there and surprise me, and um, it'd be fun to see. It'll be a story. But at the end of the day, he doesn't belong and neither does Mike Jackson. So I'm not even going to spend time on that. Mike Jackson uh, with the finish. All right. Here is where the fights start in the main card. Ty Tuavasa fighting out of Australia versus MMA legend Andre Arlovsky. Andre Arlovsky is 27 and 15. Versus Tai Tuivasu 7-0. This should be a great matchup. Um, Tai Tuivasu is 25. Uh, uh, Andre Arlovsky is 39. 
They're both around the same height. Taito Ivasa comes out, it comes in at 264 pounds versus um, Orlovsky comes in about 240. If you have not seen Taito Ivasa compete, you need to watch this event. I think this is gonna be a perfect coming out party for him. If you look at him, he has that Mark Hunt body. He's a little, he's heavy. He's, his, his body looks sloppy. But to be honest with you, goodness gracious, this dude is a beast. Those great knees in the clinch. He's super explosive. He goes in there, he has power in both hands. And to be honest with you, he moves like a guy who fights at 185 pounds, not at heavyweight. This is gonna to be too much for Andre Arlovsky, who, again, we all know power is the last thing to go. But how do I feel this is going to go? Tattoo of Us is gonna do work. He's gonna go out there, and um, to be honest with you, I see this being a first round finish, and um, and that's it. This is a this should be a quick fight. Quick fight. I think Taito Vas is gonna show all of his skills, throw solid knees, solid elbows, and get Arlaski up out of there. Um, I think um, this after this fight, we could end up seeing Taito Vasa fight. Honestly, looking at the heavyweight division, I would love to see him fight the winner of uh, of Derek the Black Beast Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. That would be a fight. And the winner of those, then we can talk about title shots. But uh, Taito Avasa is so close, and he is one of my favorite up-and-coming fighters to come out there. Oh, and uh, real quick, while I'm uh, thinking about it, I wanted you guys to hear a little bit because I didn't want to throw all shade and disrespect <laughs> to uh, the CM Punk card against... Um, against Mike Jackson. So this is what Mike Jackson had to say again about CM Punk. And this is what CM Punk had to say as well. So I just want to put this out here before anything else. I'm not fighting CM Punk. I don't I'm not fighting a former world champion in wrestling. I'm fighting Phil Brooks, you know, and Phil Brooks, he's an amateur level fighter. You know, and it's not it's not a knock on his skills. This is just the reality of it. Like he has one fight in combat sports. That's an amateur fighter, you know, especially when he has no previous background, like a, a, a collegiate wrestling career or, or like Ronda had the judo. He doesn't have any of that. So he's an amateur fighter at best. So I, I know he's going to lack the skills. And I, I know his best bet is for him skill-wise is jiu-jitsu. I understand that. But even with that, I'm better than him on the ground, you know. So Mike Jackson, I, I agree with him. Um, but... Honestly, I think Mike Jackson's also an amateur. So um, this should be entertaining in that realm. What did, um, how does CM Punk feel about people saying that he doesn't belong? Like myself. Don't watch or not. Don't watch. You know, if you bought, if you bought, um, you know, the Kiss album that came out before they took their makeup off and you didn't like it. Don't buy the fucking album where they take their makeup off, you know? It's a gimmick. Like, don't don't watch, you know? But but you're still going to go complain about it on Twitter. I, I can't. It's none of my business what you think of me. I don't care. I could give a fuck if they watch or not. Don't watch. 
So he, he's talking spicy on the mic. He's doing his thing, but the fact that he's actually talking about the criticism and making it seem like people are haters, it's short-sighted. Dog, you have done nothing in this sport except for getting beat up in less than a minute. So I get I give him props for going out there and competing. Absolutely. I mean, most people can't say they most people haven't been in the in the cage, especially the UFC. But the only reason he got there is because of his name. And that's about it. So um, the fact that he's being so defiant, I think is telling. I think he knows he doesn't belong. And I think he knows he's going to get dealt with. So, again, moving right along. Um, I, I, I'm so excited about the rest of this card, man. This card is great. Next up. We have Megan Anderson finally coming over to the UFC at eight and two. Um, she is the former Invicta 145 pounds champion after Chris Cyborg left and came to the UFC. Versus UFC, um, honestly, legend at this point, Holly Holm. Holly Holm is 11 and four versus Megan Anderson's 11 and two. Um, Holly's 36, um, uh, Megan's 28, uh, Megan has a longer reach, she's a taller girl, uh, Megan walks around at about, at six feet tall, and, um, Holly walks around at, it looks like 5'10", so, if we look at it, I mean, this is a very interest, interesting matchup, um, so, how do I see this fight playing now? We have Holly Holm, who is out here, who is one of um, the best boxers to come out to ever compete in the UFC. She moves extremely well. Um, she she uses too much of a blitz, in my opinion, but um, uses great great kicks, great high kicks. Um, but has has not, aside from the Ronda Rousey fight, really had that like coming out party where I, I feel like she showed all her skills. Um, she had a great fight her last time out against Chris Cyborg. She is the only woman to actually go all five rounds against Chris Cyborg. Again, Chris, in my opinion, is the greatest female fighter of all time. So it's going to be interesting to see how you know this fight ends up going and but uh but megan anderson uh people believe is a the first natural 145 pound fighter that is going to fight against honestly anybody aside from chris cyborg um megan is very skilled she's big she has a big power She's actually broken the last three fighters she's gone against Orbital Orbital Bone, which is crazy. But um, to be very honest with you, I've watched her last three fights. I don't believe she's athletic enough to beat Holly Holm. Have Holly Holm win this fight in the decision or possibly KO. The reason I say that is that Megan Anderson plots forward. Um, she, even though she show, she she has a lot of power, she she keeps her chin up a little bit. Um, she isn't doesn't have great lateral movement. And uh, and she gets hit. 
I watched her last opponent who can't hold a, a candle to to uh, Holly Holm hitting her with some solid shots. And if this woman who, again, isn't even a world-class fighter is hitting her with solid shots, I don't see within a year Megan Anderson's skill set rising high enough that she has anything for Holly Holm. I think this is an easy fight for Holly Holm. And um, do I think Megan's going to be tough? Can possibly catch Holly with something, make it a little interesting? Yeah, maybe. But... When it's all said and done, um, if you look at the their, their, their quality of, of, of opponents, um, it's not even close. Holly's been in there with higher echelon people, um, and she's beaten far better opponents. This fight should be one-sided. I, I see Holly Holmes running completely through her. All right. This is where it starts getting fun. We have Rafael Dos Anjos fighting Colby, Chaos, Covington. So Colby has talked his way into an interim title fight. Kudos to you, man. Um, he is somebody who has absolutely uh, talked his way into a title. And again, good for her. Good for him. He's 30 years old, uh, fights with American Top Team. Um, training partners were one of my favorites, Jorge Masvidal. And um, he's 13 and one. He's super solid. Great wrestling. Um, striking is suspect. Um, he only marquee name he has on his record is Damian Maya. Um, and Damian Maya, like we said, uh, does not do well against solid uh, wrestlers. So his fight with Damian Maya, he went out there and um, honestly kind of got outstruck by Damian Maya, who is not known for his striking. He's going to go out here and fight against Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, how do I see this going? Pretty simple, actually. I believe Rafael Dos Anjos is going to go... In fact, actually, you know what? First of all, let me let you know what Kobe has to say. What is Kobe going to do if he wins after this? Man, I have to say, you know, what, what's up with the Philadelphia Eagles, man? What a joke, man. They live in the city of Liberty. I mean, the Liberty Bells right down the street. Their mascot is the we Eagle. That's know. the American flag's mascot. Like, it's a shame, right? I just got to say that the Philadelphia Eagles suck, you know, and I can't wait to take the belt to White House, to the Oval Office, and put it on Trump's desk. I'm definitely going to the White House. So, this is the type of stuff Kobe been talking. He, he, he's a troll. He's been trolling and he's been talking all kind of crazy and if about Rafael. So this is what Rafael has to say. Wrong clip. My bad. Uh, well, he said dude's a joke. He's not worried about him. And uh, he'll show him in the event. Um, there, it was, there was real chippy um, leading up to it in the media day. Um if we look at the records, again, Rafael Dos Anjos is 28-9, um, the former uh, UFC lightweight champion. It looks even better at, uh, at 170 pounds. He has, now he fights, he trains with Jason Perillo in, in LA, and his boxing even, looks even better. Great grappling, 
Great striking. His last time out, he went ahead and, and just beat down former UFC 175-pound champ Robbie Lawler. And to be honest with you, I think he's going to do make easy work of Colby Covington. Everything that Colby does well, Rafael does better. And um, I think he's going to be the first two-time world champ um, for the UFC's uh, in the UFC. So um, salute to both men involved. I think this is going to be a fantastic event. All right. Main event time. We have Robert Whitaker at 19 and 4 against Yoel Romero at 13 and 2. This is a rematch. Um, Robert Whitaker is actually the only man in the UFC to beat uh, Yoel Romero. Um, He beat him with a bum knee. And uh, it seems like last time Yoel. doesn't do a great job of uh, saving his energy throughout fights. Robert Whitaker does a great job of wrestling in takedown D. He stuffed a lot of takedowns his last time out. But Yoel Romero again got tired. So uh, with Well says he figured his his pacing out, and Robert Whitaker hasn't fought in a year. So I'm thinking about it like this. If somebody hasn't fought in a year, Yoel hasn't been injured and has just, just got done just doing work against uh, uh, Luke Rockhold. What do I think is going to happen? I think there's going to be some ring rust. And I was actually watching the uh, weigh-in show. Robert Whittaker seems a little emotional. I never like when guys are emotional. Yo Romero missed weight. Came in at a 185.2. It's not really missing weight. 0.2 pounds over. I know I talk a lot about missing weight. It's a job, yes. But didn't seem like the Illinois Commission allowed him the two-hour grace period. So I'm not even concerned. He makes weight. The fight's going on. It's whatever. I see Yoel Romero finishing this fight. A lot of pundits, a lot of people are going Whitaker. I think when people take a year off, especially after injuries, it takes a little bit to get them going, especially against somebody who's actually been doing work. Am I a little biased? Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to lean towards the uh, Caribbean guys. Um, and I'm just a fan of Yoel in general. I'm disappointed in Yoel. The fact that he missed weight pisses me off. Um, there's no excuse, even though it was only 0.2 over. But since it was 0.2, doesn't seem like there's any repercussions. And uh, we'll see what ends up happening. I think that Yoel's pacing um, is going to confuse Whitaker. And I think Whitaker might be a bit gun shy. If he's slightly gun shy, he gets touched and this fight's over. So um, I have Yoel being the next uh, champ at 185 pounds for the UFC. Uh, there it is, man. We'll see what ends up happening. But um, all in all, um, I think it should be another incredible, incredible fight. 
Um, This event is stacked from top to bottom. I love it. And uh, it will be the best fight card of the year. All right. See, that was a lot. Uh, again, this is Sergio Sente, and um, you know you're listening to the Fire Podcast. We still have a lot of show for you. Um, we're gonna go ahead and talk about the Showtime boxing card up next. Uh, but we are brought to you this week and each and every week by Sage Eats. Uh, we do they do healthy meal prep and mentor fitness mentoring. Um, check out www.sageeats.com um, and apply promo code fight for uh, 20% off of your first three months. Also, uh, follow us at The Fight Podcast. Um, Check us out, www.thefightpodcast.com and purchase merch right there on, on the site. All right. Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mares. And Jermel Charlo versus Austin Trout. Ooh, I can't wait. This should be such an amazing fight card. Um, in 2015, Abner Mata has fought Leo Santa Cruz to one of the best fights of the year. It was a um, uh, fight of the year candidate. They didn't win it, but it still was a candidate. It's an incredible fight. Back and forth action. Um, and it was back and forth action again. It, it was also at the Staples Center. And yo, these are two Mexican-American guys actually from L.A. So this is like modern day Battle of L.A. And the crowd is all into it. And people like love this event. Both men are incredibly skilled. Leo Santa Cruz is a longer, rangier fighter, but chooses a lot of times to fight on the inside. Great body shots and does work. Granted, his last few fights especially his last fight against uh, uh, Frotch, he he threw a lot of jabs. He used his length and actually showed that he can outbox his opponents. Abnamadis, on the other hand, who is one of the most underrated fighters in the world. He's 32 years old. He is still growing and developing. Um, And he has fought some of the best of the best and beaten them. So he's going to go out here and he's going to want to get on the inside. So you have one guy who, in my opinion, Leo Santa Cruz is going to try to stay on the outside, land some solid jabs and outbox Abnamadis. I think Abner is going to try to get to the inside. What's gonna happen? I'm, I'm torn. I really am. Um, right now, the favorite is Leo, San, Leo, San, Leo Santa Cruz, and I have to lean with him slightly. This is no knock on Abner Mares, but I am slightly leaning with Leo Santa Cruz. Before the fight, my fight make my change, and if it does, you'll see it on Twitter and IG. But as of right now, I have to go with Santa Cruz. I think this is going to be another incredible fight. I think this is going to be another 12-round decision. But I still think Abner uh, Abner's going to take this out. Um, next up, which in my opinion should be the main event, 
We have Jamel Charlo fighting Austin Trout. Jamel Charlo, for all practical purposes, is the best fighter at 154 pounds currently. I don't see anybody beating him at this weight class. He knocked out Lubin, who is an up-and-coming prospect, who everyone thought was doing work, knocked him out within two minutes of the first round. He has power. He has speed. He has technique. Once you have all of those things, this is this a wrap, son. He, he looks the part. He talks the talk. He walks the walk. Um, he and his brother both are on my top 10 pound for pound in boxing. They don't do anything bad. And also, who's his main training partner? In my opinion, the best welterweight in the world is his best is his training partner. So you're training with the best welterweight in the world in the world. And not only are you training with the best welterweight in the world, you're going out there and um, training against his brother as well. It should be extremely entertaining. Um, but I see Austin Trout, who, who is a solid fighter. Austin Trout has been doing it for a very long time. And the welterweight king, my bad, Errol Spence Jr. Um, again, these guys go at it three days a week. They're, they're, two, they're two of the best fighters in the world. Iron Shipman's iron. I think he's going to go out there and do work against Austin Trout. I think Austin Trout has a lot. I think he's skilled, but I think he's taken too much punishment in his career. He's fought Miguel Cotto, Canelo Alvarez, Lada, and he now he just got dealt with... Um, by Austin, by uh, by the young boy uh, Jared Hurd. So I think he's just been hit too many times, and uh, I see this also being finished within the first six rounds. Um, I have Charlo obviously winning this fight and moving on to bigger and better things. After he wins this, he absolutely gets a fight later on this year with his herd, where he will be the unanimous champ at 154 pounds. And honestly, I believe so will uh, his brother and his training partners. So I can't wait. Uh, this should be in in incredible. Yo this weekend is just crazy so many fights to get to and um it, it was just beautiful man all right uh what is going on this week with our ig poll we asked this week who do we have against the champ robert whitaker or yoel romero I obviously have Yoel Romero, but 79% of our listeners believe that Robert Whitaker is going to go out there and do work. Hey, look, I can't be mad. I get it. Robert Whitaker is a beast and is run through the 185 pound class. Um, so I can't be mad at your guys' pick, but I had to go with Yoel. <laughs> All right. Ooh, next up, my next question was, who do we have? Kobe Covington or Rafael Dos Anjos? 
92% of us agreed with me and thought that uh, Rafael dos Santos was going to shut down Colby Covington. Um, yo, IG fans and listeners, I'm glad you agree with me. I think this is going to be work. Um, the next question we asked was, what is going to be a better event? The Showtime Boxing Card or UFC 225 in Chicago? Um, 73% said the UFC card in Chicago. Um, yeah, we got to go with this. We got to go with the UFC event in Chicago. It's just more epic matchups. If this was any other UFC card, I'd probably go ahead and agree. But uh, got to go with it. Got to go with this one. And the last uh, question that we asked this week is who won? Pusha T or Drake? <laughs> that was the, the, the heavyweight matchup is seemingly uh, of this week in hip hop. And uh, it looks like 90% of us went with Push. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if Drake didn't come back, you know, that was it. That was just a little fun one that we had to throw in there. But, um, yo, this um, is the Fight Podcast, and here are my takeaways for week 17. First takeaway, there are so many incredible fighters not in the UFC. The UFC is not just the only show in town, and I believe that the PFL, the Pro Fighters League, this year, with their incredible, incredible event and tournament style, are continually proving that. Marlon Marais winning last week is continually proving that there is so much talent outside of the UFC, and we cannot sleep on it stop sleeping on this talent my second second way is that the entertainment trash talking Conor McGregor era of the UFC might be over Kobe Covington is the only guy still trying to talk trash like this and it looks forced. It doesn't seem real and nobody is loving it. And I'm be very honest with you, man, that's not cool. That's not making us look good. I want people to sit out there and look at fighters and look at people like we don't have to be all gentlemen. We're all different. That's cool. But at the end of the day, yo, how can how can I sell you to pop culture when you're out here talking trash and you're going like you're like calling people from different culture filthy animals? Like, how can I, you know, sell this product when you're throwing dollies through bus windows? This has to stop. And let's actually show that there are awesome people in this sport doing awesome stuff. This entertainment era got to be gone. This isn't WWE. If you want fake fighting and, and, and manipulated trash talk, go over there. Takeaway number three, UFC needs to do a better job of having events like this. Do a card a month, do a card a quarter, 
but they need to stack these cards and that is how we can actually get excited i'm legitimately excited about this event more than any event i've seen in a while why don't they do that why don't they do this consistently we can do the espn cards we can do the fight night cards and that is where we can showcase up and coming guys put all that stuff on free tv but if you're gonna do a pay-per-view do the pay-per-view right and that's what they're doing with this chicago card so salute to the ufc and their matchmakers for this upcoming card but i want to see what you guys are going to do in the future all right this is Sergi Sente, and that's our show for today. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me today on episode 17 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months of Sage Eats. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. And support the show. Check me out on our website, www.thefightpodcast.com. Purchase merch to purchase. God, merch today. Thank you again. And I will see you this week and every week and next time here on The Fight Podcast. I hope to see some of my listeners here on the streets of Chicago uh, for UFC 225. I'll be in the building. And And um, thank you, as always, for listening. This is the Fight Podcast, episode 17. Peace out.